Welcome back to Tailgate Till May. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm thrilled to be back to talk some college hoops as there are only three games remaining in the 2022 men's NCAA tournament. As a reminder, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. I'd really appreciate that. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Gorg on Sports. So let's get down to business. The Final Four is set. And last year was definitely a new blood Final Four. We had Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston all seeking the first national title in school history. And then you had 11th seed UCLA, which, of course, UCLA is a blue blood in its own right. They own plenty of hardware. But this particular UCLA team was definitely more of a new blood. It had made its way all the way from the first four games where it didn't look like it was even going to get out of that first four game against Michigan State to the final four in just Mick Cronin's second year. So it definitely had a new blood feel as well. This year, we got the complete opposite. This year is definitely a blue blood final four. For the first time ever, we have Duke versus North Carolina in the NCAA tournament. And not just the NCAA tournament, in the final four in Coach K's last year. On the other side of the bracket, you have two schools that, of course, have great history, but also, you could argue, are the two most consistent and maybe the two most successful schools in the sport over the last 10 years. I went through all of Kansas's impressive stats uh, since the 2013 season on my last show, but I'm going to run through it really quick again. So if you assume that in 2020, the year the NCAA tournament was canceled, that Kansas would have received the number one seed in that tournament had it been played, and I think it's a very fair assumption, given they were number one in Ken Palm at the time, they, will have, they would have received six number one seeds over the past 10 NCAA tournaments, which includes this year. So six number one seeds out of the last 10, which is a, a ridiculous pace. And then the Jayhawks opponent, the Villanova Wildcats, have won two national championships over that same time frame. They are the only school to win two national championships over that time frame, over, since the year 2013, the 2013 NCAA tournament. So when you talk about success and consistency, these two programs are at the top of the list when you think about the last decade or so of college basketball. So this is a true Blue Bloods Final Four. And no, I'm not going to quibble about whether Villanova is a true Blue Blood or not. You have three national championships to your resume. Uh, Whether somebody wants to debate about whether they're a Blue Blood or not, maybe they are, maybe they're not. They're one of the best programs in the sport right now, and they have a tremendous history. So uh, that's enough for me. But from a historical perspective, I mean, you can't argue with these teams either. 17 national titles between the four schools. Three for Villanova, three for Kansas. And yes, Villanova has the same number of national titles as undisputed Blue Blood Kansas. Six for North Carolina. No, we're not going to count the 1920-whatever title that they love to claim before there was even an NCAA tournament. We're not going to count that. And five for Duke. So 17 national titles among these four teams. There was a stretch between 2015 and 2018 where the national champion went Duke, Villanova, North Carolina, Villanova. That's 
four national championships in, in a row, and four of the last na- six national championships belong to three of the schools in this Final Four. So this is definitely a blue blood Final Four a year after a new blood Final Four. And I truly do think this Final Four has a lot to offer in terms of interesting storylines. It goes beyond just the Duke-North Carolina storyline. And of course, that's a made-for-TV, made-for-the-movie storyline. One of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the history of college basketball, in his last season, goes on a Final Four run and plays the school's biggest rival in the Final Four for the first time in the history of the two schools. And just to add to it, a month after that rival school ruined legendary coaches send off at home. I mean, you, you can't draw it up any better. But I do think beyond that obvious storyline, there are a few other things that are pretty interesting if you're a college basketball fan. And they really center around the legacy of several coaches in this game. So Mike Krzyzewski's legacy is already well set, well established. The man has more national titles by himself to his name than most schools have national titles to to their name. And good schools too, good basketball programs too. I was just bragging about how Kansas and Villanova each have three national titles. Well, Mike Krzyzewski has five by himself. So his legacy is established. He's the winningest coach in college basketball history. Uh, Set. Done. But, you know, there are a few other coaches in this Final Four who are very much still working on their legacies. And if that interests you, if that matters to you at all, I think this is a really interesting Final Four. So in that very same game, that North Carolina-Duke game, you have Hubert Davis. So Hubert Davis is, of course, North Carolina's head coach in his first year as head coach. He played for North Carolina in the late 80s and early 90s, went on to a long pro career, and eventually came back to Carolina as an assistant under Roy Williams. When Williams retired at the end of last season, uh, Davis was hired for the head coaching job, his first big-time head coaching job like this. He had had two college coaching jobs. It had been as an assistant at North Carolina and now the head coach at North Carolina. And this season for North Carolina, you know, wasn't terrible. It wasn't 8-20. and 20. It wasn't the famous Matt Doherty 8-20, and 20, but it wasn't great either. North Carolina currently sits at 28-9. They earned an eight seed in the NCAA tournament, which I don't think anybody associated with Carolina basketball, including Hubert Davis, would tell you is what they expect the standard to be year after year. But generally, it was fine for you know a head coach in its first year. It's not like he had taken over a great team. I mean, just two years ago, uh, North Carolina was 14-19 and 19 under Roy Williams. They rebounded last year for... And uh, an 18 and 11 record, but again, we're only an eight seed in the NCAA tournament and went out in the first round. I mean, that's not that's not the standard North Carolina basketball. So overall, I think this year has been had been an acceptable year for North Carolina, especially under a first year head coach. And then everything changed when Hubert Davis took those Tar Heels to Cameron Indoor Stadium for the Coach K send off and frankly whooped them whooped Duke, ruined the celebration, ruined the night of everybody paying five or 10 or 50 or a million dollars for a ticket or whatever it was that everybody was was touting as the price to get in that day. He ruined the Coach K send-off, which for North Carolina fans, I don't think there could have been anything better. There is no better way to endear yourself to North Carolina fans than ruin something that Duke is putting on. 
So I feel like a fine season turned into a good season with that win, or at least a really, really fun season with that win. And then came this NCAA tournament run where they are now in the final four. And a fine season turned into a good season turned into a great season. And now at the end of a great season in Davis's first year at the helm, they are going to play Duke in a final four for the first time ever. Not just the first time in in a Final Four, the first time in an NCAA tournament ever. And if you thought Carolina fans were happy when they ruined Coach K's special send-off night in Cameron a month ago, imagine how happy they would be if the Tar Heels took down Duke in the Final Four to end Coach K's career. So a fine season for Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels could go to a good season, to a great season, to the season that nobody ever stops talking about ever in the history of Carolina basketball. This could be the best season in the history of Carolina basketball if they beat Duke and win a national championship. And this is Hubert Davis's first season as the head coach. Like, what could be better? What could possibly be better than ruining Coach K's last game at Cameron going on a miracle NCAA tournament run as an eight seed, beating Duke in the Final Four to end Coach K's career, and winning a national championship. It would be the best moment in North Carolina sports history. And that is a long, 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 long history. But I I do not know how anybody could say this was not the best season for the North Carolina Tar Heels ever. I don't care if you go undefeated five years in a row. Nothing as a North Carolina fan could ever top winning the national championship while ruining Duke's season twice. So in Hubert Davis's very first season as the head coach of North Carolina basketball, he could create the best season in North Carolina basketball history. Talk about solidifying your legacy. This is a legacy-solidifying game for Hubert Davis. No matter what he does the rest of his career as North Carolina's head coach, if he wins this game and then follows it up with a national title, he would be the, he would be the man who engineered the best season in North Carolina basketball history, and he could do no wrong. Now, there is also some practical application to this as well if you want to talk about Hubert Davis's legacy, if he would go out and win this game and win a national championship in his very first year, he could start off an unbelievable run. I mean, he could really set himself up for a run at North Carolina where they rip off uh, a Kansas-like run or a Villanova-like, you know, a Kansas-like run where they're getting six one seeds in 10 years or something along those lines, or like Villanova winning multiple national titles over a five-year period. He, he could be setting himself up for that just with the um, excitement and interest in Carolina basketball from this year. Like, that that's the very practical application of this and how he could um, establish his legacy, but just from an emotional perspective. And that is, you know, to, let's be honest, legacy is a lot about emotion. There could be no better emotional high for North Carolina basketball fans than this season. No matter what kind of teams, no matter how many losses Hubert Davis 
would theoretically take at Carolina the rest of his career. And look, people are always going to grumble no matter what you do. If you're a head coach at uh, a place like North Carolina or Kansas or Kentucky or wherever. But if Hubert Davis got this done, he got gets this win this weekend, beats Duke, ruins their season twice, ends Coach K's career en route to a national championship, no matter what kind of basketball product he puts out there the rest of his career, you're always going to have people that are like, yeah, this year wasn't great, but remember 2022? Because that was the best time ever. That is the emotional connection that Hubert Davis, that North Carolina fans will have with this 2022 North Carolina basketball team forever. And that's what's on the line for North Carolina fans and, and Hubert Davis right now. You know, talk about a legacy game. Talk about being able to solidify your legacy in your first year. There is no better opportunity than the one available to Hubert Davis at this moment. Now, on the other side of the bracket, I think there's some interesting storylines as it relates to both Bill Self and Jay Wright that are a lot less emotional and a lot more just come down to cold, hard facts. Both of these coaches have amazing opportunities here. So Jay Wright, already has two national titles to his name. He is one of just 15 coaches with multiple national titles to his name. But he can join an even more exclusive list with a win. There are six coaches, John Wooden, Mike Krzyzewski, Adolph Rupp, Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, and Bob Knight that have three or more national championships. A national championship victory for Villanova in this Final Four puts Jay Wright into that group. And uh, really, he has to go down as one of the best coaches in the history of college basketball if you're in that group. Uh, So that's kind of what's at stake from a Villanova perspective. Bill Self, he has one national title. He has that 2008 national title at Kansas. And, you know, Kansas only has three national titles in, in the program's history, but we've talked about how successful they've been over the past 10 years from a regular season perspective, but they haven't necessarily had that same tournament success um, that some other programs have had. And I think it's natural. I think for the most part, Kansas fans seem to be grateful with what they have and what they've done in the regular season. Grateful for all of that. And, you know, of course, You can't paint one fan base with with one broad brush. I'm sure there's people that are complaining and people that are unhappy, and there's a lot of people that say this is great. But I think it's natural, if you are that successful in the regular season, to want another national title. I mean, 2008, we're we're coming up on, it's 14 years since 2008. So it's been a while since they've won a national title, and they've had teams that are capable of winning national titles many times since then. So I think Bill Self can really establish himself He would be the only coach in Kansas basketball history with multiple national titles, and he would also join that elusive list, that illustrious list of 15 coaches with multiple national titles that I just mentioned. He would be the 16th man on that list, which is a huge accomplishment in and of itself. So a little less emotional, a little more dealing with just cold, hard numbers there, but there's some really big historical things at stake for both of these two coaches. And your mileage may vary on this, but these two schools both have three national titles. So if one of them were to go out and win a national title, they would pass the other one and move into a tie with UConn 
uh, with four national titles. They'd be tied for the six most national titles of all time. Of course, number one is UCLA with 11. Two is Kentucky with eight. Uh, three is North Carolina uh, with six. Four is a tie between Duke and Indiana. And then sixth is UConn with four. So uh, one of these two schools could move into that group and, and, and tie and be tied with UConn moving ahead of each other. Again, your mileage may vary on that, how much you care about it. Uh, I don't know that it's like such a big deal, but for some, for some fans at these two schools, they may view it as a, a very big deal. I also think Villanova getting the national title just continues to solidify the fact that the Big East is a power conference in this sport. It is a it is a power conference right up there with the five, the P5 football playing conferences. The Big East belongs in that conversation. And another national title by Villanova, I think, just continues to solidify that. I don't think there's a ton of question out there, but occasionally you'll see the Big East just left out of that conversation. And I think... Uh, another national title by Villanova just ensures that people are forced to continue to talk about the Big East. So those are a few of the overarching storylines I'm really looking forward to as we approach this weekend's Blue Blood Final Four in New Orleans. Uh, but I will be back with you all later this week. We'll do a little bit more of a game-by-game, in-depth breakdown of these games, what I'm seeing, who I'm liking, what to watch for, and of course, leave you with my gambling picks. It's been a little bit of a rough March Madness so far. Uh, You may not want them, you may want to fade them, but either way, I'm going to give them out. So until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.